0: Hi, and welcome to the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fall, Executive Editor of Craft and Special Projects at IndieWire, and today we're welcoming back to the show, Coconata. I think think you all know um, this writer-director. He used to make uh, all those great video essays before he made Columbus. about four years back, and that's an incredible film. You should definitely check that out. But his new film, After Yang, which is on Showtime right now, but it's also an A24 release that you can see in theaters, and you really should see this one in theaters. Um, it's uh, it's probably my favorite film of the year so far. Uh, this is a really unique, special filmmaker whose career is just developing right now, and this is really creating a unique brand of cinema all his own um that i find incredibly emotional and beautiful and uh i love talking to him so i hope you enjoy this i hate starting with this question um but saying goodbye to yang alexander Weinstein's story obviously everybody can see what what you did with it but i'm wondering kind of like that initial thing you know it's a beautiful story i could see why it emotionally attached to you but that that element of like there's an element here that I I want to turn this into a piece of cinema. There's something here I want to explore um, in it in it in your own art. I'm curious what it was about that kind of initially. I mean, we obviously see what you did.
1: No, I think that like you know there were a few ingredients that felt really. Um, interesting and, and and something that I, it just where I was in life then and still now, felt like I really wanted to uh, explore them more. And, you know, certainly uh, memory is one, human memory, and even the way we engage the, the life of others, you know, there was something in that, you know, like knowing that I could expand that and understand even memory as a sense of time, you know, was interesting, um, de- a death that wasn't really a death as we know it, you know, really kind of having to contemplate non-existence, but not through the lens of a human being, but obviously it relating to our own humanity felt really promising. And and then also the idea that this robot was uh, a construct of Asian-ness, you know, which I uh, could s- deeply relate to this, this idea that... Um, he wasn't really Asian, but he existed as an Asian um, and wanted that as well. And maybe he was too, you know, maybe he was like just getting to the essence of what, what that even means. Uh, so there was all of those elements that even in that reading, and it was such a short, lovely, well-told story, but I just thought, oh, I, you know, could see the promise of it being a kind of film that I would want to watch. And um yeah, yeah. So it had that sort of seed and promise of something that that felt like it could be cinematic. And I also loved a sci-fi world that was domestic, it, the, the stakes weren't about uh, saving the world, but it was about um, getting through a day, you know, and getting through weeks and months. And and there's something you know that I could relate to.
0: I know you've added some characters and added a lot of them, but I think one of the big things here structurally, if I'm not mistaken, is is taking. Yang's backstory and, and and withholding it to the end? Is that that's kind of a big element of how you're telling this story, right? In terms of how you were gonna restructure it?
1: Yeah. And there weren't, you know, the layers in the short story, uh, and I and I thought it worked really well as a short story, it was not it didn't the mystery wasn't any deeper than the fact that they had that the father was recalling some real moments of Yang that made him more than a pl- an appliance, really. That's something, a personal connection. And he just has a few memories and it's through his memories, not Yang's at all. So the element in the film was to also explore Yang's memories. Um, and we have a couple moments where we were accessing Jake's memory as well, but um, the deeper layers this idea that, that Yang himself had, uh, a, a deeper uh, life and a, a, um, that went beyond his own life with with the family. I think mean, in the short story it's the, it's all contained within the uh, within the family itself. So in this idea I had this idea that he was used and that he had this previous life and then the real revelation that he had a whole life that that we didn't you know
0: access. What's so wonderful is mostly through the Colin Farrell character but but also um, Jody's character is is that idea of then, You know, what you end up doing with the memories, it gives it this drive of us piecing something together, something beautiful and poetic that captures a lot of these ideas. But then we're also piecing this together. It's a lovely structural device that gave you a lot of cinematic freedom, but then kind of allows you to pull off all those things that you say you want to do in the third act because that's a hard thing to come. You know, there is no end there is, you know, the, the it feels, feels beautiful and it feels like that might've been a
1: big thing is to, to lead up to that to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, I think structurally speaking, you're right. You, you're uh, spot on the the structure of the film itself is the slow revelation and, and for it to be sort of peeled away one at a time. And, and really for us to maybe initially like, Jake to think, you know, um, you know, at first he thinks he knows him, he's very simple. and then his first sort of possibility is that maybe uh, he is spying, maybe it's nefarious. and then you know, we, we get a hint of someone he sees in a memory that he doesn't even know. So it was like the measuring out of how we get to know Yang was really the whole structure of the film and what was going to take us to the end is uh, this uh, slow revelation of Yang. I have this. Uh, oh, I
0: have. I have this quote here from you that. Uh, what if Yang revealed what has always been true—that we are all ongoing records of love, of loss, of life, of time itself. We are all Yang. It's a beautiful sentiment that that um, you somewhat summed up in your first answer. But as I read that quote, the thing that I realized is in that idea is an almost endless way of opening up cinema to explore those ideas with this premise. Because there's this thing that you're doing here with the memories and all the things here that it feels like to a certain degree, there's, And I'm specifically thinking about that memories and going to explores and where in that kind of cinematic language you develop, it feels like part of this here was, a, was this beautiful canvas to almost a freedom to kind of explore a lot of these kind of abstract ideas in a narrative
1: form. Yeah, yeah. And I think that possibility was exciting after Columbus and, you know, like those kinds of films uh, that Columbus is in conversation with, you know, I could do for the rest of my life I mean I love that kind of filmmaking quite a bit and I hope to return to it always but um, I knew with Yang too I mean I but I also love all kinds of forms in cinema you know I'm I'm a big fan of Rene and I love how he um, uses cinema and the echoes of cinema and this sort of temporal drift of cinema to really uh, make us not only he doesn't just do it abstractly, but you feel memory and time in a different way. So I did know that this, this story world would allow me to explore these different forms of cinema as the thing itself. I mean, I think you're so right when I have not even really thought about it uh, specifically in this way. But so much of both variations of memory... Both the ones that we feel in the human memory, where, where where we feel the echoes and the repetition, and almost as if humans are auditioning the right, uh, you know, take of a scene, you know, because they're they're trying to understand. Uh, what is was meaningful about something in the past and then yang's memory which are just such recordings and something you can revisit but all of that is cinema itself right cinema is simply the capturing of a time and the uh, restructuring of it and the auditioning of it and trying to find what is most meaningful as a filmmaker
0: well because i mean i always go back to your essays right and and i think about the fact that often i mean i don't mean to minimize that work but often what i always felt was someone searching for where the emotion was coming from. You know, I always come back to Braisson's hands. You know, it's like that that it's a beautiful essay, but also I felt you kind of searching for how is he getting emotion out of those hands? Like how is love and hate and and, and everything in there? And when I saw these ways that that memory language started to develop and even then somehow some of the ways it started to develop in terms of the audio and some of the ways it started to develop um for lack of a better word the kind of ar of how we're entering this modern device of how um one accesses this this data i mean you had certain things to figure out but it also felt like a way for you to pick snippets and find ways to to hit on the the emotional notes that you wanted.
1: Yeah, again, that's so. Well, putting the hands of person was a bit of a pursuit of the. You know, I, I feel like if you watch Brisson, you know, uh, Brisson, you, you, there's there's a lot of distance and and sometimes it can feel cold, but there's so much emotion in the hands, you know, which it was uh, always, you know, what was so compelling, and I'm I'm certainly not the first, I may be the last to to uh, note that because uh, people have uh, always identified that in, in Brisson. but yeah, I think the you know, the memory interface, um, again, you're pulling things uh, from me that I uh, haven't had a chance to talk about fully, because we, you know, I have talked about how the interface we wanted it did not feel so knowable and something that felt like a computer, you know, desktop interface. Um, But there was something that I wanted the, just the entrance into that space to feel inherently moving, you know, that, that here was something that was the the interface itself with the mystery, and the discovery of what um, what was memorable, the, the the passage to those memories would also have a quality to them, a meaningfulness to them. And in the case of Yang, I think he was also having, has such a longing for a sense of time and place. We hear it in that tea conversation and that the the memories themselves are are creating a kind of space, you know, that that uh, is his own. Um, so there's something lovely about that. And yeah, I think I was really truly, even as I was writing, trying to keep what was discovered a little bit unknowable to me. You know, I didn't have an initial, and that's the same thing I do with the essay, you know, is I don't have a map and say, oh, this is exactly how I'm gonna do it. You know, it really is like opening up a filmmaker's work, having inclinations, and then trying to find, you know, uh, something meaningful there. Um, I've never thought about comparing those two, but you're right, you're right. You know, there's something in the, like who is Yang and the way you get to that. Yeah, there's definitely um, something about the way itself that was really meaningful.
0: It also feels like partially in the way that you solve the entering into the data, but also with sound, it it, it felt like... Another element here was building in, I guess it's mostly um, Colin Farrell's character, but there is a little bit of that Joyce Smith-Turner character as well, an element of their memory because we do spend, and their family, it's almost like entering his point of view through their point of view and like we're grounded in them. And it felt like to me, especially with that sound and some of the ways that you're kind of playing things twice, that's that was a little, that was what you were going for, but also a trick that you, not a trick, but an element of how you had to figure out how to how to get the audience there.
1: Yeah, well, and that, those also were to be differentiate uh, when we are uh, in Yang's memory space, uh, which is, you know, he, they can return to it. It's certain, it's just, it's very like, it's just a few seconds, but those longer conversations are reflecting uh, human memory which is why there is sort of this uh, repetition um, uh, because, you know, human memory is both more pliable, it's both more fragile. There's something about it where, uh, you know, unlike um, what what we're imagining, robot memory to be, uh, you know, research says that anytime a human tries to recall memory, it changes every time. There's never a consistent memory that you return to. And um, so I just knew that when jake was going to recall a memory of yang that it was going to function differently you know the aspect ratio is different or it stays within the present um but there's a kind of movement so formally between benjamin and i were we we knew that when uh jake is having a memory or when uh um, kira is having a memory is going to have this both formal tone and i was going to edit it uh, through a kind of repetition, I think also to, to create an experience of that subjectivity, but also to, uh, well, you know, I don't want to say to signify it because I think it was the experience of that subjectivity that was most interesting to me and the way that we, like, I think if you saw those, uh, conversations in like, as a recording, they might not have actually felt as intimate as they were. Like, I think that, you know, like human beings can sweeten a memory as they're feeling kinder towards, you know, a person, or they can make it more bitter too, you know? And so there was something about even the sadness of Yang in those that I think was reflecting their own, you know, uh, feelings about Yang at that
0: time. You had a wonderful sound collaborator on this one. And it feels to me that's something that really in terms of what you were doing here? Sound is something that became a lot, a much bigger part of your vision with this. Um, I don't know if it's relevant in terms of these memories. Is it? Is it Roy? Is it Roy? Uh, Rui. I, Rui. Rui Garcia, who's who's incredible. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't have to go back too far into it, his credits to 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 see some really innovative, great work. But I'm wondering, um, both that collaboration, but also, you know, what that was bringing to these things that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rui was really wonderful to collaborate with, and yeah, he's done amazing work with Quran and, and uh, other films. Um, and uh, you know, he he was fantastic because it, it's a it's a real layered kind of sound design, you know. And and at one point, we sort of got cut off uh, during the pandemic uh most of this you know existed pre uh, pandemic but uh as we were working through sound design some of that had to be done remotely so there were there were that those challenges but um but, you know, we really did have to build it layer by layer and kind of figuring out. And we were also trying to stay away from some of the sound tropes of sci-fi, you know, and, right, and right. even even the auto car, you know, he created something that was organic. He used other kind of audio to create almost a, a musical, organic, you know, um, uh s- feeling of movement. And, you know, when we're in the interface, you know, the instinct is to make it feel like, uh, like almost like a spaceship, you know, and, and, and we had to, you know, turn it and there's like wind and birds. So so it was a really like a challenge to, to reconceive how you even go through virtual space and how much or organic sounds can be a part of that mix as well, um, but yeah, when, and also whenever you're dealing with a quieter film, I think that the ambience, all of it, matters. You know, and I, I know, I told him at one time, I, I would love to be able to just play the audio uh, as an album, and 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 uh, and really um, be able to be absorbed in that world. And uh, yeah, and he took that challenge. And there's a real nice little moment at the end of the credits when Mitsuki's song fades out and it's all Rui. It's like a solo uh, of Rui and he puts all the elements that he added in and, and it <laughs> feels so musical and lovely.
0: Yeah, Because something like in those car scenes or whatever those vehicles are, or there's moments like that, that in a t- film like this, especially the way you shoot, you, you, you like these these frames that we're going to hold on. Those can feel, I, I, I think it's... It, Yes, you got to put sound in there, but there's also just this element. If they don't have music and they are being held for a while, and and motion or action is a little bit slower, it 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 can develop a void that you don't want, you know. And and there it has to, and it feels so often you do want some quiet, you do want some emptiness, or you do want some stillness. But that he, it's such amazing work with just the fact that there's a rhythm and there's a feel to. To this world that never lets it fall into what the trap of making a movie like this could be, right? Where you could feel feel like an emptiness, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's thank you. That's nice to hear. And yeah, and Rui was yeah hit for him to create that sense of rhythm within some of the more empty spaces and shots. Uh, yeah, that was a real conversation, in it and it and he was um, really insightful and um yeah what he contributed and obviously uh Asuka and Sakamoto and and Mitsuki the 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 sound uh environment there are times where they kind of both work together you know because some of that does kind of go into some musical elements too but you know Rui is also a musician so he had a real sense of um uh rhythm and musicality even in his uh ambience but that balance that you say is really i think will be my ongoing challenge and something that i really care about um because i love slow cinema and i've i but there are moments in slow cinema and and some that are that feel distant emotion like i suddenly feel cold or alienated and and i think maybe that's the intention of some filmmakers too to kind of Mm. we go through that alienation. And Tony Oni, you know, someone who I I love and there are periods of, you know, long takes and moments where I can feel that distance. You know, I want to, this is why I love Ozu, you know, I think he Mm -hmm. does that, but for me, there is something always so warm and uh, and often humorous and uh, lovely about his world, you know, it it doesn't, uh, there's a real, in my mind, there's a real warmth to it. which is maybe counter to someone like Brisson, who, you know, um, it's not really about warmth, but it's about getting to some other sort of uh, kind of feeling of humanity and time, you know.
0: And there's a connection to Columbus in that sense too, because, uh, you know, the, I think one of the challenges of Columbus, right, is is um, modernism can feel alienating and cold, and, and a sci-fi movie like this can feel <laughs> alienating and cold. And, and it, it feels like in that way that you, I mean, Columbus, you obviously solved it. And in this film, it feels like to a certain degree, it's, it's getting a a future where maybe the tech is hidden. There's no wires (laughs) in that sense. uh, Garcia also had to, he he had a heavy lift because you're hiding the tech, you know, he's gotta, he's gotta kind of create a, a world there. Um, but I'm wondering about that in terms of setting, obviously this is a smaller film than some of, other sci-fi films. So some of it's like what you're going to choose to put in the frame. But I am wondering about that element also for this type of film, maybe in terms of setting, in terms of where, where to shoot, um, how to make a sci-fi world that does feel domestic, that does feel there's things about these people's lives that aren't a hundred percent relating to 2022, but it's, it's a very familiar domestic world.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was certainly the intention was to feel it, um, to have a real everydayness quality to it to for it to even if it's in the future that there are shared uh frustrations and um vulnerabilities and longings from uh, human beings and again it's always what i have been drawn to in sci-fi and when you get it, it for me it's always so satisfying to get to really think about the future of humanity without it all just being fantastic, you know, in the sense that not, not, I don't mean positive, but so beyond the the, the struggles that we go through in, you know, everyday life, which, you know, like for Jake it's just even a, a career or trying to, you know, feel a connection to, to some, uh, some Hobby or interest uh, or craft that he really loved. You know those kind of questions that we often all struggle with. You know whether you're a writer or you know you're, you're you know uh, you somehow made a livelihood in an industry that you once loved. You know just as a uh, as a viewer, um, yeah, trying to make sense of those things that are very much a part of just daily existence, um, and then to create a design you know, around it that also kind of both kept us grounded, but also had a sense of uh, a future uh, and a sense of uh, the other. That was the sort of, again, balance that we were trying to to capture.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the homes that you picked and found? Because, I mean, it, it, I know because of Columbus, we instantly kind of go towards your architecture, but I, I, I have to imagine that was a big part of this was, A, where are these people? And you kind of chose a non I think it's a non city. I don't, it's a non area outside an urban environment. I think, I don't know. And, and, but then also these homes themselves, in particular, the hero home.
1: I mean, you know, so much of the film is just the home itself. And we knew that that you know, like casting a person and knowing that they have to be able to really um, hold your attention. And especially if it's a quieter film that they, that, you know, that they have to be engaging and compelling enough, uh, you know the the home was that for us it was like a real we knew that it was going to be central to the story we knew that it would occupy 60 or 70% of the the screen so um you know we took a long time finding it and we couldn't you know it was a real challenge because a lot of the homes that felt interesting were like gigantic you know multi million dollar homes and i wanted them to feel like they were you know um of, you know kind of in a starter home and and then we found this Eichler home which was you know for it was mid-century modern they were they're tiny homes but they were for the people you know uh, when they were developed and um, it, those are more popular on the west coast but in New York there are only three and this one happened to uh, be fairly abandoned I think they had been trying to sell it for a while it was like concrete floors there were no there was no tree in the middle you know that was all concrete and uh all the walls were white and but it had the bones you know it really had a shape and um was kind of telling its own story i think by the design and what what uh the, even how they uh, you know Families were imagined, you know, and so I always love that when a space has a its own story to tell, and that if it coincides with the story you're trying to tell, then you know it, it feels like certainly um, worth the while to 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 spend time in that space.
0: So were you able to go in and kind of do your thing with it because it was? It's...
1: Yeah, no, we uh, because it was sort of on the market, we were able to then. Um, you get full access to it. And yeah, I mean, there were a few things like we actually helped out, you know, we we put wood floors on it. And, and so because the owner wanted to have some say, you know, uh, he and the production designer kind of talked about it, but it was largely, I mean, you know, he had the real like gift of having this incredible production designer really rethink that space. So, uh, but yeah, and some of the stuff we knew that we were going to tear down and others, he was like, well, can we, you know I'll take you know the lower the price of you guys renting it if we can you know come to some some agreement so
0: a place like that just outside of New York City I have to imagine you've helped them turn that into a uh, <laughs> if if not by now a healthy sale of some sort that looks like <laughs> you know every uh, kind of north of the city uh, dream there I'm wondering about yours and Benjamin's choice here largely um, I, I don't want to simplify this but why not there, there's a dark, uh, not across the board but there's in general and in, in, in with the domestic stuff there's a darkness I mean like I don't it's a family I don't mean to make it sound like it's some noir or something like but but there is a a a kind of Often in your, often in this film, not throughout, but there is a kind of like a peering into the darkness that seems to have been a a very conscious choice in this. And I don't know, maybe that's just how emotionally you're reacting to this and it works. I'm just curious kind of how you landed there with that.
1: I mean, I think we talked quite a bit about a certain uh, tone and um, you know, we talked through some films and yeah and it did fall in that on that side of things and and you know uh benjamin too is has a a sort of minimalist quality to him and you know the idea of uh blowing out or or really lighting something in that um more conventional way uh isn't even i mean you know benjamin can do it and of course he did it in mandy a a very a a different version of like lighting which was you know pretty fantastic but his um you know, he loves, you know, seeing how, you know, uh, going into a space and seeing, you know, what we can use of natural light and then, and then complementing it and worked really well with the gaffer. And, um, you know, and so it was, yeah, it was kind of reflecting all these conversations we were having. And, uh, and it was partly why I chose him too, because I, I think the way he handles light is really um, beautiful and distinct.
0: It's funny because it doesn't necessarily feel, I don't know, one, one would think in domestic scenes kind of peering in, 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 in kind of that darkness, it would feel somber to some degree. And it, there is a somberness to this film, but it doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like a comment on the people living there. And it just, there's something, of, it, it, it's, an in, it's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't meant to be symbolic, you know, what there was a a mood and it is, um, you know, I think the whole city, you know, again, I think we talked about a society and you're right, you know, it was like, uh, we wanted to keep the city unnamed and we sort of had imagined, you know, there's all this sort of imagination of the future, if there is a climate crisis that there that cities will have to migrate and maybe form new cities in the places that can survive this, this uh, first wave of the the, uh, uh, climate catastrophe. And that's how kind of we positioned our city, a city that had been uh, or a society that had been humbled by um, their negligence, you know, in in many ways. And so you're talking about a a city reborn with um, a real necessity to integrate um, nature. And, you know, so even the idea of uh, things not being lit a certain way and even that that kind of. Yeah, that whatever I think when you say somber, there's some quality to that, like a mood of of um, that that we wanted to evoke, but it wasn't necessarily that we wanted to suggest like a dep- you know, that something. Well, you can
0: feel you found someone that you're on the same emotional wavelength. There, there seems to be something that 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 there's there. It's capturing something there um i got time for one more and before i let you go i do want to just switch gears for a second we've been watching the audience hasn't been watching but i've been watching uh panchenko i think i pronounced that right i just i have one question about this and maybe we'll talk more about this but it, it, this is a apple show it's coming at the end of the month this production is fascinating to me that which you're part of if i, I don't think i've ever seen anything like this multiple countries multiple errors and it's it, it, a lot of it isn't <laughs> doesn't feel like it's simulated at us. I mean, there is some sound that Japanese stuff is clearly in the sound stage, but I I'm wondering if you just will not d- dig into it, but this production seems like it was incredibly unique for your kind of first journey into TV. I'm wondering if you could
1: talk a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was a uh, unique and I think even the people who were real veterans of series and, uh, they were also all uh, commenting on how this was different from anything that they had done and, um, you know, having it also in three languages. And then it was really at the height of the pandemic. I think we were one of the first studios to try this kind of scale production. So people were also looking to us in regard to how we were gonna handle it. So there are all kinds of challenges and um, ambition, to do this pr- production. Um, you know, I just really, a lot of credit goes to Suhu who had been on the project for years before I ever uh, joined the project and really had uh, so many uh, balls to juggle uh, as well as, you know, two filmmakers who were coming from a very different place, you know, very independent filmmakers. But that's- Justin Sean. Uh, you know, yeah, and that's why, she, yeah. And that's, you know, partly a tribute to that whole team, you know, that they were being as ambitious as they could be, they didn't make it easy for themselves, you know, they they really wanted to do something that was uh, different. Um, but yeah, it was unlike anything I've ever, you know, done or imagined. And I imagine it may, I won't ever do a project, you know, that is that distinct yeah
0: i don't know if this is your entry into television but i can tell you right now this is not probably not gonna be like this again (laughs) 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 this is not normally how they do it so after yang is you can currently see it on showtime but you can still see it especially places like new york you can still see that on the big screen you got to go see this there it's uh Oh, a, a wonderful I love your cinema um and oh, it's uh it is you find a way to be emotional in these these settings and these worlds that we're, we're used to seeing in a way that we're supposed to be be made scary of um and there's just it, it seemed like canvas is to just explore something very very emotional and um honestly I, they still continue to feel like Extensions of your best essays.
1: Thank you. I mean, those those words uh, mean a lot. I mean, I, I maybe couldn't hear a higher compliment than what, what you're saying. So I I really appreciate that, and I I really could you know uh, uh, have a two hour conversation on some of these initial questions and all the questions. I mean, you're you really.
0: I read all your inter- I read all the interviews and I loved all that information, but I was like I can't. G- I was like he's now he's now talked about that. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'm you're a father like- too. I'm a father too, and I I I'm fascinated by your your relationship with your children and, and all that but I was like, I, uh, I uh, someone's got to start asking you about the cinema part of this because it's, it's breathtaking. <laughs> oh, thank
1: you. Well, it was very stimulating. I feel like we just got started, so maybe we'll have to continue yes. some other time. We will, yeah. absolutely, absolutely.